I'm going to preach on the prayer of Jabez, but I'm going to try and do it in an original way. I've been looking into the original Hebrew language of this prayer, and uh, I've, I think God's given us some insights, so I'm not going to do the whole thing tonight. We're going to take it uh, almost phrase by phrase, so over the next few Tuesday nights, tell your friends... Pastor Mark's doing a series on the prayer of Jabez. And you can find that prayer in 1 Chronicles 4, 9 through 10. As you are turning there, get it on your Bible or find it on your device. 1 Chronicles 4, 9 and 10. Adam's going to put it on the screen um, for us as well for you. But you know... The infection rates in Birmingham are such at the moment that we don't feel that we can gather you back just yet. Give us a few weeks so that we can assess the situation. So it's really, really important that you stay with us on the live stream and let this be your church for now. So text your friends and encourage them and say, come on, let's be church right where we are. Are you there with me in First Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10? This is uh, one of the littlest prayers, the short, shortest prayers in the Bible, but I have to say, am I allowed to say this live on the internet? It's in one of the most boring parts of the Bible. <laughs> it's in one of those historic historical parts where there is list after list after list after list of names. It's, it's, you know, the only good thing I can say about that is the fact that there are lists of lists of real names about real people means that the Bible is written about real people. It's not legendary figures or fantasy. Uh, it's, it, there are lists of names and each person has a story. We're not talking fantasy here, we're talking about real people. 44 names into the fourth chapter of uh, Chronicles, we find this little gem of a prayer. So much so, it makes this historian stop with the list and say, oh, I need to say something about this guy. I, I, I've written about this person, this person, I've just mentioned their name, just mentioned their name, just mentioned their name, just mentioned their name. And then he writes the name Jabez and he has to stop and say, let me tell you about Jabez. Let me, uh, this, this, in this 44, after 44 names, I need to pause and let you know something about this, this guy. So the next few weeks, I'm going to explain some of the principles of prayer. We're going to do three tonight, but I guess we should read it. Come on, let's read it together. Are you there with your Bibles at home? Let's read it. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to God, the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me. And enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. Now, you know, some people have commercialized this prayer. Some people have made this prayer just a formula. But I want you tonight to come dig deeper with me and let's hear some of the principles. First of all, the Bible notes, number one, 
Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. Now, prayer, and much of prayer, is answered by grace. It doesn't matter what a good a person you are or, or what, it's God's grace that responds and says, I want to pour out my blessing to you. However, God also responds to a good character. God responds to your character. It's not that you uh, earn your way to uh, get those prayers answered, but God can work with faithfulness. God can work with a character. Walking with the Lord in faithfulness and being honorable to him means that your relationship with him, it makes it easier for God to respond to you. It opens doorways so that God can move in, in the right way that you are walking. He can take what you're saying as something he can work with because it's coming from a good character. Romans chapter 12 verse 12 says this, Be joyful in hope patient in affliction and come on now church let's be patient in this affliction that we're in but faithful in prayer you see God can work with faithfulness God can work with an honorable character in fact uh, the, the Hebrew word for uh, honorable here in the Bible here is the word kabad or chabad if you say it in the Hebrew accent it means rich or deep. In fact, some translations means heavy, weighty. It means that what, what Jabez was like is that his prayers came out of deep intentions of his heart. It meant that he prayed coming out of things from a deep place in his life, not shallow, not reactive, he had rich thought and rich intentions. Let me ask you something, those of you who are watching with me. How many times is it that we easily launch off into unthoughtful prayers? You know, just, just kind of reacting. Oh, I don't like that. So we don't think about anything, that we just, we just blurt it out to God. We just spew it out to God. And, and God's wondering whether some of our prayers are coming from a very shallow place in our lives, a place where we just want comfort, a place where we just want things to be our way. That was not what Jabez was like. Jabez was more honorable. That word honorable means weighty, coming from a deeper place. God wants us to pray from a deep stream and from a desire to catch his heart. So here's the first thing that I want us to catch tonight is that why don't we begin to pray deeply, God, what is on your heart? Not, oh God, can you do, can you, can you just, can you do this? But stepping back and, and beginning to say, God, I want to hear what's on your heart for me. I want it to be rich. I want it to be Something that I can catch. You see, I believe God's saying something in this season. I, I believe he's saying it's time for the church to be the church and not for people just to go to church. I think that's what's on God's heart. 
And so I want you to, in a sense, hear that Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And what it means is he weighed things up. He was discerning. He was more weighty. He wasn't shallow and reactive. Prayer is a character-based thing as well. Second thing to say about this passage is that God does not react to your label, whether someone else has given it to you or whether you're giving that label to yourself. Remember, his mother called him Jabez because she bore him pain. The word Jabez means to grieve or to sorrow. She tried to define his life by transferring her experience onto him. He was obviously, it was a difficult birth, or she was in a season of pain, and he came along in that season, and she just said, well, just because I'm feeling pain, then that's going to define your life. And I want to tell you something. God does not define your life by the labels that people have put on you. You might have a situation that you've carried for a long time, and you've carried that situation. You might have been living with illness. You might have been living with rejection. You might have been living with depression. You might be living with something that something has said to you in the past. You might even have an experience from your past that you're projecting on the people around you. But let me say to you, that does not stop you talking to God. Because even though all of his life he'd been called Mr. Grief, Mr. Sorrow, he didn't then say to himself, well, that's just who I am. I can't talk to God. He actually broke through that label and said, well, whatever label's been placed on me, I can still talk to you, God. And I want to say to you tonight, whatever you're carrying, a rejection, a sense of things have not worked out. You know, one of the pains of being older is that some of the things that you wanted to do, you now haven't done, and you know you never will get to do them. Take that off your life and accept who you are in God. And don't let that stop you praying and blocking those prayers. Last thing. And we aren't through the first sentence, but this series will last a few weeks. Last thing. Actually, it says in verse 10, Jabez called out, or you might have it translated cried out. In Hebrew, the word is khwara, and it means to speak loudly, loudly or to proclaim. Actually, it's the word for accosting God or getting a hold of God and saying, I will not let you go until you bless me. It's a cry out to him. It's an encounter with him. It's a prayer where he meant business, where he said, you know what? You may be calling me Mr. Sorrow, but I want to talk to you, God. I want to do business with you, God. I want to say what I need to say to you. And tonight in our prayer meeting, you need to say what you need to say to God. Prayer it's a prayer that expects, I expect you to answer me. It's a prayer of interaction. The word quara means encounter. So I basically want to share three lessons with you today. Prayer, number one, prayer is more effective 
when it comes from a character-based relationship with God. Not formulas, not just repeating the words, but from your rich character of following and believing God, then prayer, God can work with that. Now, he does use grace, but prayer comes from a character-based relationship with God. Number two, prayer comes from a deep place of real interaction and reflection. Not just reacting, but that deep place. What's on your heart, God? I just believe God's got a heart for you tonight. And number three, Prayer is an encounter with God where we want to stop God in his tracks or we stop ourselves in our tracks and and change the course of something. And so I want to say to you tonight, it's an attitude that it says, I expect something to happen. So come on, stack up your prayers now at home. Stack up your prayers where you're from and say, God, I expect something to happen. Right where you are, wherever you are, I'm done, we're going to go over and we're going to pray through some prayer requests, but right where you are right now, I want you to hold your hands out and I want you to interact with this broadcast. You see, the enemy's been trying to stop this message going out, but this message is going out to somebody tonight and it's important for somebody to hear it. Those labels need to be ripped off you in the spirit. But right now you hold your hands out and you begin to say, God, I'm giving you my situation and I expect something to happen. Heavenly Father, would you move in people's homes tonight? Would you move? Would you minister? Would you change? Would you move in our city? Would you move in our church? Would you move with everybody who's on our live stream tonight? And in Jesus' name, we cry out to you. We don't just mumble to you or think it. Lord, we cry out to you right now. Would you change that situation, whatever situation you've got on your mind? For me, I'm praying for Pastor Malcolm Baxter, the pastor of Heart Church, Nottingham. God, would you change that illness and would you heal him even tonight? And we expect you to be involved in that situation, Lord. I don't know what your prayer is tonight, but come on, let's expect. It's not a formula. It's a relationship. But God will do something when you begin to say, okay, God, I'm coming to you. Stop and hear me. Heavenly Father, we just bless you tonight and thank you for this broadcast.